Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It is Amanda and Baron with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. Our sponsor for this first half is Automo's Pizza. Absolutely amazing. Baron, you actually brought me some the other day for lunch when we were doing our segments. And oh my God, what was that dessert? It's called Teramisu. Teramisu. I've never had it before. And I, I, I think you liked it. It was Phenomenal, to say the least. I couldn't believe it. And it's a new item yeah, that they have. So for the longest time, Oddmo's is, I believe, 30 years old now. And, you know, they did pizza and pizza for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then Mike got really smart, and he went into the OLCC, and he got a liquor license. So you cannot order beer specifically, but you can order pizza and beer from Oddmo's. Okay. And you can get Sandy Ann Brewing beer that has a kicking cancer logo on the side of it. Yep. And, and so he did pizza and beer, and he would deliver pizza and beer to your house. Well, Mike's creative and innovative, and so he added pasta, which we've had the pasta. Oh, my gosh, so good. And then he added dessert. Yes, the dessert is amazing. And I so, Baron, we got pizza, and it was the green monster pizza, and then we added chicken, and it had the white which sauce. Which is your favorite. On the cauliflower crust. It was phenomenal, you guys. You can't go wrong with it. Oh, my gosh. So go treat yourself, please. And I'm really excited by popular demand, by the way, by popular demand, we have a guest back. Because you got emails saying we want to listen to this guy again. I did. I did. Except he's not in the studio. That's okay. Dean, are you with us? I am here. And How you are you, guys? you are just east of Austin, Texas, correct? Yep. I live out here in um, Texas in, on 1,200 acres. 1,200 acres. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is a very small piece of Texas. Texas is kind of big. <laughs> So, Dean, really really quick, the last time you were on, you were on podcast number 117. This is, I believe, podcast number 150. So it was a little while back. Can you remind the listeners how you and I met, what you did when you were here in the Salem area, why you and Amy decided to go to Texas? Well, I've done a lot of things, but the things that relate to our topic today is I've practiced medicine for uh, quite a while there um, the Willamette Valley area, and I enjoyed that. I did family practice, but I was very interested in nutrition, preventive health, those kind of things. But I also, I farmed, and I was a regenerative farmer, and I always had a farm and the whole time I was practicing medicine. And so those two things um, kind of c- collided in the fact that I wanted to grow the healthiest and uh, food for my family, and then it grew bigger than that in where I started to have a market for it. And so that's what I've done, and that's what I continue to do now here on the 1,200 acres. I, you know, I no longer practice medicine, but I do uh, regenerative farming on these 1,200 acres. Well, I know the last time you were on, we, we kind of brought you into the medical conversation, and then you started talking about the dirt. And I went and re-listened to that podcast, and Amanda made a comment that there's a little passion in your voice when it comes to <laughs> dirt. <laughs> you might be a little bit of a dirt nerd to some degree. <laughs> Um, but oh, one, of the, yeah. one of the listeners was so intrigued by what you said that they said, hey, could Dean come back and talk more about, you know, dirt? And so what we want to do is we want to have a conversation about back engineering your health right down to your dirt. Well, I really believe that if, if people really understood that how much the soil really determines the nutrient density of their food and therefore the health of uh, animal that's consuming it, they would all be very concerned about the dirt, too. Well, I hope at the end of this hour show that they have a better understanding of what you're talking about. Well, like the pit, 
the picture of your uh, vegetables alone with how vibrant and colorful they were. And I remember going to the grocery store after you had came on air with us and it was like, it's crazy to think that it was that it's dirt because I would have never assumed that the dirt was so important on which you grow those things, which makes complete sense. Um, so I learned a lot from you last time and I'm really glad you're joining us again. Well, before we get too deep into this, Dean, um, we had a guest with us last week, and I think you'll find this a little bit intriguing. I had I had met her, and she had won a hat as a door prize, and she came up to me, and and she was just so excited she had won this hat, and, and so I just started asking her why. She beat appendix cancer. Oh, wow. And one in one million people get appendix cancer, but the intriguing part of that story is there's this mucin inside your appendix that then begins to leave the appendix and attach itself to other organs, colon, in her case, the ovaries. And so it masks itself as whatever region it's in. So she thought that she had ovarian cancer, which she didn't. She had appendix cancer. And she went to the MD Anderson in Houston, Texas to get that taken care of. Mm-hmm. Ah. I enjoyed her coming um, last week. That was so fun and interesting. And what a natural flow of conversation. She was just, she was amazing to listen to. She was nervous, but you couldn't tell. No, you could not. She did absolutely amazing. And it was awesome listening to her story and all the things that she overcame. Yeah. The other thing we've done, Dean, since the last time you were here is I found this magazine. It's a Time magazine. It says 100 Disease Fighting Foods. We've been working our way through this. I'm sure that you have some good insights into today's food. Today's food is beets. Oh, love beets. <laughs> I do, too. I like them a lot more than I used to. It says, this red-purple color should tip you off that beets are uh, brimming with phytonutrients. Bed- bedanine, if I'm saying that right, is just one antioxidant in the mix. No wonder these veggies are anti-inflammatory. So what does that mean for your long-term health? Eating beets may reduce blood pressure, according to several studies. Any, yes. any thoughts here on beets, Dean? Well, yes. In, I do have beets are an excellent food, and they are. The one thing nice about um, the beets is even if the way we tend to um, preserve them retain most of their nutrient value. So that's that's kind of nice. That's not true with all. Uh, foods that we try to um, store for long term, but um, beets tend to retain their nutrient value. But th- like phytonutrients is is you know it's a it's a compound that gets more and more pressed these days, and it certainly is um, certainly valuable for our health. But really, one of the things about all root type crops, which beet is a root type crop, because you're basically eating the bulb root that the soil, they are, all those um, types of vegetables, like turnips, radishes, carrots, beets, those things that, it is so important, the soil that they're grown in, because they are actually the root of what is touching the soil and grown in the soil. Yeah. It, so all of, all of that uh, contact and all of the interaction between it and the soil is so important. So it's even more important for in my mind, the regenerative um, aspect of soil to be occurring if you're going to be raising root crops. 
Well, that is probably the heart of our conversation. It's it's a bit fortuitous. I mean, literally, Dean, we're just going through this magazine A through Z, and today's just happened to be beets, which is a root crop, and yeah. we're going to talk about dirt. So, a bit of a God moment today. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Well, I do like to update, Dean, and uh, we touched on this last week, didn't get really deep into it because we ran out of time, but... What I did is I told the listeners what the prediction was this year for the American Cancer Society for new cases of cancer. And I have a little bit more information than I thought we could talk about before we get too hard into the dirt topic. <laughs> uh, the prediction for this year is 1,958,310 brand new cases of cancer in 2023. So many. Which is four, four brand new cases every minute. Wow. Whoa. Four new cases. Every, this Our show is an hour-long show, which is 240 Americans got cancer during the course of our radio show. Wow. Kind of crazy. That is. The top five, breast cancer continues to be the number one mm-hmm. new cancer. 300,590 yep. women will get diagnosed with breast cancer this year. Jeez. Prostate's number two, 288,000. Lung cancer is number three, 238,000. Colon cancer is number four, 153. And then skin's number five with 97,000. Wow. Um, what I find intriguing about this, number four on that list is colon cancer. Mm-hmm. The one cancer that I think that you have the most control over is colon cancer because if it's bad going in, it's bad coming out. Mm-hmm. And if it's... it's yeah. Right. Would you agree with that, Dean? Oh, yeah. It, the toxic effects of um, what uh, resides in your bowel is pretty prominent on colon cancer. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I know that for the longest time I heard that when you turn 50 years old, get a colonoscopy, which I did. Except well, now we're seeing we're seeing people in their early 30s mm-hmm. with stage 4 colon cancer. Oh, my gosh. Because they spent 30 years eating food-like substances. Right, yeah. <laughs> They're not even eating real food. So, well, in the food they do eat that's quote unquote real food doesn't pack the antioxidants, the um, the corrective uh, nutrients that you need. So you got you got you're eating fake food, and then you're eating hollow food is what I call all the non nutrient dense food that most of us get in the grocery store. That's a good way to put it. Hollow food. Hollow food. Yeah, just an outer shell. It looks like it looks like food. Yeah. Well, I know that um, Dean has Dean has actually done seminars with Brenda. Brenda's been here, and we, he had this beautiful house south of Salem, and we did a clinic out there, and Brenda spoke, and, and Dean spoke. And Brenda says the food you want is at the perimeter of the grocery store because they have to get it in and get it out. It's fresh food. they got to get it in and get it out. Mm-hmm. The stuff that's in the middle, all of those rows, that's where they put the processed food because they can sit on the shelf longer. Right. So get in the habit of shopping the perimeter not the center of the grocery store. Okay. There's a little tiny tip. I like that. Shop the perimeter. Yeah. You know, but if you think about the produce, they want to get it through a door to get it out to the produce area. And then they, it's going to rot. And so you've got to get it out there, process it, sell it, get more stuff in. Yeah. Where you can bring a pallet of boxes and put it in the middle of the store and let it sit there for a week or two weeks or yeah. whatever the shelf life mm-hmm. is. I and think- I'd like to go ahead. Go ahead, Dean. Go ahead, go ahead Dean. Like your comments about all that because it is what you were just saying is absolutely true. But what also is true is that most 
like let's take right now in Oregon it's I don't know what the temperature is there but it's cold cold and you're not it you're not picking fresh strawberries out in the field right now and so but you can go to the store and you can buy strawberries okay so in order for those strawberries to get there they have to be raised probably in the summit southern hemisphere and shipped all the way through the shipping chains to land in a supermarket in Oregon so they start you start growing when you that kind of globalization of the food supply you have to start growing food that not necessarily healthy or good flavor but that it doesn't rot okay so that it can stay looking fresh on the shelves so i just i'm picking on strawberries and i'll probably just as an example is this a strawberry that you pick that you um go to the grocery store and buy right now tastes like cardboard because it it it's it's only raised in a way that allows it not to deteriorate by the time it's on the shelf at the grocery store now is a strawberry better than the packaged food in the other aisles yes but the problem is we think oh i'm eating strawberry today this is really good for me it has all these different vitamins in it well but the nutrient density and and the flavor is completely destroyed mm-hmm. because it was more raised to look good so the consumer would buy it rather than taste good or be good for you. Yep, yep. You know, and I remember, Dean, when I first met you, I was working at the Costco here in Salem, and I worked in the produce department. And I still remember people would come in in December and January and be mad that there were no grapefruits on the shelf. Like, I can't get a grapefruit, and it's January. And I'm like... Uh, hello, it is December in Oregon. First off, we don't grow grapefruits in Oregon. And for you to get a grapefruit, it's got to be far enough south that it's warm. And then it's got to be picked and then shipped. Like, it just always made me laugh that they were mad they couldn't get a grapefruit out of season. Right. But as consumers, we've gotten used to the fact that we can get anything anytime. Yeah. Yeah, like strawberries. That's one of the things that my household, my teenage boys, they like the strawberries. Um, but you're right, like, because they, I have to always, they like them cut up. If I don't cut them up, then they don't eat them. Oh, geez. It's like an easy convenience when they're cut up. I don't know. Um, but I'll taste them, and it's like, you're right. They taste almost like just like water. Card- cardboard. There's water. no flavor. Where when you go to a fruit stand on the side of a road in the summertime, oh my gosh, those strawberries, there's nothing that compares. Well, I, I'm going to make an executive decision, Dean. Um, come early spring, Amanda and I are going to take a road trip. We're coming to Texas. We want some of the food off of your farm. Yes. Oh, I'd love that. And I, I'd love to be able to, you know, go to the grocery store and then compare um, this grocery store food to food that you're eating it off the regenerative garden that we have here. Yeah, well, and a, lot of the, awesome. a lot of the times, too, like for like the strawberries, since we're on that topic, they're not even ripe. There'll be, you know, like so white and pale looking that it's like they were picked so early and I feel like it's to keep them fresh looking and and to not go bad during the shipping process and all of that. Yeah. Well, Well, that... uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Dean. Yeah, that's true too. But the the thing is, is that some of these, um, if you pick them even later, they don't really taste any better. They're just softer. Okay, (laughs) yeah. They're just... They're just not as hard to bite into. They're just softer. They they don't, unlike a a, a lot of um, stuff out of a garden, will ripen a little bit more after you pick it. Like a like a cantaloupe, a watermelon won't, but a cantaloupe will. Strawberries do slightly, 
Um, but most of them, they, they just leaving them on the vine is not going to make them taste any better. It's like a tomato. Tomatoes, these these uh, hydroponic tomatoes look beautiful that are on a stem, and you you know you pick them up, and there's a great cluster of hydroponic tomatoes, not a blemish on them. They look absolutely beautiful, but they don't taste like anything. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Well, what I want to do, Dean, is I want to circle back to a book that I brought in several times, and it's called Think and Eat Yourself Smart. Mm-hmm. People can find this book on our website if they go to kicking-cancer.org under resources. There's a spot that says books, and you can see this book. It's by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. She has a Ph.D. in neuroscience, which is the science how your brain works, <clears throat> and she also has a master's in nutrition. So she talks about how your, your food and your brain are interconnected. And, ser- and it's broken into three sections. The first section is actually called Admit It. So we have to admit there's a problem. And I want to read one section and then get Dean's thoughts on this one section. Don't laugh at me. I'm putting my glasses on again. <laughs> Every time I these glasses on, she laughs at me, Dean. So it says, um, today the McDonald's logo is more recognizable than the Christian cross. That's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, Throughout history, humans have survived and thrived on a diversity of diets. The early Hawaiian people, for example, ate a diet which we, we, which we would call high in carbs. There's an African tribe. Their traditional diet was largely consisted of grass-fed beef and dairy products. Uh, the Japanese island of Okinawa customarily ate largely vegetarian diet with a limited amount of fish and meat products. And then later on out here, she says the one thing they all have in common is they all eat real food. She said, yet there is one thing the cultures that we just discussed have in common. They eat real food. Then she goes on to say that what we eat now, she calls it the mad diet, but it's the modern American diet diet. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so I don't know how much you know about those cultures, Dean, but what I find intriguing is people, we have been programmed through some messages on television and advertising that if we eat a high-carb diet, that's bad. That's what the Hawaiians ate. If we had a diet that was largely beef, that would be bad, just, you know, just the beef. And yet all these cultures, that's what they eat, and they are very, very healthy people in those cultures. But the thing they have in common is it's all real food. Yeah. Well, absolutely. There, you don't have to eat. There's not a magic food, but the dirt and the photosynthesis and the regeneration is all magical. But as long as you're attaining and growing um, food that is in healthy soil, you're going to be healthy because as long as you're eating more than one thing. If you just ate solid broccoli from healthy soil, you could you have issues. But you have to have diversity of um, intake. But you you still are going to be much more healthy if you're eating it from healthy soil. So in the the thing that I I like to just think about when I when these all these diets come out and people start recommending different things is that really you, you and you've heard me say this before you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. And you just, you you get to choose that, but most people don't even know what they're choosing to do to their bodies. Well, the other thing that you said to me when I first met you, Dean, is you are what you eat, and you are what you eat 
chooses to eat. Yeah, I did say that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I choose to eat chicken or beef or pig, then I eat what my what I choose to eat eats. I was just going to say when he was talking about how important it is down to the there's no magical food, but it comes down to the soil and whatnot. It's like, yeah, your cows and your chickens. When your cows are out there grazing and eating the hay and the alfalfa and grazing the grass in the fields, it's it comes down to that dirt as well. On what they're eating from, so correct? We, is that right? Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, it's a really when you know this neuroscientist. Um, I'm sure she. I've never read the book that you just referred to. I don't even know if I've heard of that book. But there is so many essential um, nutritional uh, intakes that we have to have as human beings because we cannot our livers or uh, any kind of metabolism that occurs in our bodies is not manufacturing, but they're essentially important for our health. And just the two most common ones that we can talk about really easy and quickly is conjugated linic acid, CLA, and omega-3 fatty acids. Those are very, um, they're what we call essential fatty acids in the nutrition world. And it, the reason they're called essential fatty acids is because we cannot manufacture them in our bodies we have to ingest them, and they're essential because they are very important for the myelin sheath of our central nervous system. They're very important for other cell walls also. They are very important in all of what we do, but in the, in the MAD diet, which I just learned from Darren, uh, Baron what that is, in um, the MAD diet, we don't have conjugated linic acid or omega-3 fatty acids in any kind of significant concentration. The only place you can really get that stuff on a regular basis in a significant concentration is by 100% grass-fed ruminant animals yeah. because that those two essential fatty acids are actually manufactured by the bacteria that live inside the ruminant of a ruminant animal that causes the breakdown of the grass that is eaten of the animal, and it produces those fatty acids absorbed through the other stomachs and intestines, and then it's in its input into the fat around the muscle, the fat in the milk, all that. That's where we get those two very essential fatty acids, and we don't eat that kind of food, so we miss out on those essential fatty acids. And they cause, I think they cause significant health problems in, um, in America, but we are unaware of it because um, we still seem to function, but I think we'd function at a much higher level, especially as we age, if we had a much higher concentration of those two essential fatty acids in our diet. So those two but, fatty acids, Dean, if we're not getting them in our diet, which most people that are on this mad diet, if they're not getting them, what, is, what do those two fatty acids do for our body? Well, they make your nerves work properly, and they're certain, and I'm, they're difficult to understand because they're such complex molecules in the mm-hmm. in the body. When you start getting into all the intracellular stuff that these complex uh, molecules do in our body, one theory I've had for decades now, which is I'm starting to see some medical articles written about this that they're starting to look deeper and deeper into it, but that. Because it's so important for the central nervous system, I had a hypothesis that maybe this is why we've seen such an increase in Alzheimer's disease um, in America, is because we're not taking care of our nervous system with two essential fatty acids, because 
it's been pretty much eliminated from our diet. Interesting. We, al- we also know that um, that CLA was started to be added to infant formula about 15 years ago because we've realized that the neurodevelopment of uh, children is um, significantly hindered, i.e. Yeah. never reaches its full potential if they don't have, if they're formula fed in be- and they don't have CLA in the formula, which never existed until about 15, 18 years ago. So. That is really intriguing information. Well, that's going to lead us right into the second one. And we've got about a minute and a half here, Dean, on the second topic. We can always take it into the, set, you know, into the second half of the show. But the second portion of the book, and I know that we could spend an entire hour with you on just one section of this book alone, but the second part of it is, so she spent seven chapters talking to you about how to admit there's a problem in the United States. Then the second part, she tells you how to quit it. So once you know there's a problem, you got to quit it. And I love what she says here. It's about a mindset. And her quote in here that I find so intriguing, she says, "You certainly, you are free to choose whatever you choose to eat, but you are not free from the consequences of your choices. Yeah. And you are what you eat. I truly believe that. So we're going to go to break really quick. I'm going to give a huge shout out to Odd Mo's Pizza. If you guys are looking for a quick, easy way to just get out of cooking today, go down to Odd Mo's Pizza. I highly recommend their dessert. What was it called, Baron? Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Oh, my goodness. And any, I actually had one of their cowboy pizzas recently, I think is what it was called. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That one's amazing, too. too. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, you guys, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Yeah. 